is going on, everyone? And welcome to the eighth episode of The Ronan Bell Show. I'm your host, obviously, Ronan Bell. And with me today is a young man who has overcome a lot of injuries and just has overcome the trenches in the master path to get to where he is today. Allow me to introduce my good friend, Jarrett Byer. Jarrett, what's going on, brother? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm right. here. Dude, I'm excited to have you on. So let's get into some basic information before you know we dive deeper into some several topics. So just tell the audience out there where you're from, you know, what high school did you go to, it's things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a homegrown boy. I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania. Um, I went to State High. I haven't really left State College. As you can <laughs> see, I'm here at Penn State. But I'm a kinesiology major. I'm a junior, 20 years old, and I'm planning to go to physical therapy school soon. So. That's awesome. So, you know, one thing that I like to talk about on the show is the high school path. So what did you exactly do in high school before coming to Penn State? Um, high school, I, sports-wise? Yeah, just our, like anything. So. Academics, what did you think you wanted to do then? Let's go into that a little bit. Yeah, so I played... I played a few sports uh, leading into high school. I, my main two sports, I played, I played baseball, and then gymnastics was my main sport. I think I quit baseball going into my sophomore or junior year. I don't really remember. Um, but I had my, my goal set since probably sixth or seventh grade when I went to my first junior Olympics for gymnastics that I had wanted to get, go to college for gymnastics. So when, let's go into the journey of getting to become a Penn State gymnast. Can you bring, can you talk about a little bit the come up from high school to the recruiting process a little bit? Yeah, the, the recruiting process was a little different for me. The, my coaches here at Center Elite in State College were, are actually the assistant coaches at Penn State now. So I was basically under their training regime since I they were my coach freshman year. So I kind of just went up the ranks. I uh, the, re- the recruiting process, uh, I reached out to some schools early on, but most of them just came back and they are like, knowing that my coaches were who they were, they are like, yeah, like, we would like you, but you're, you're going to go to Penn State. Like, we know you're going to go to <laughs> Penn State. So... I, uh, it was my junior year, my, I guess, last nationals I competed at. After the meet, uh, they offered me to come early as a walk-on. So I graduate, so I'd graduate high school in December mm-hmm. of what, 2017, was it? It's a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Well, yeah, I mean, I committed pretty much right on the spot, probably a week after Nationals, Mm -hmm. which was in May of my junior year, going into my senior year, right before the summer. Yeah, and so I, that fall, I had just worked on upgrades, and here I am. Yeah, so let's go into when, I know gymnastics is a little bit different of a sport than most people are aware of. Could you tell the listeners out there, you know, when did you exactly start the like being a gymnast and, you know, thinking that, you know, maybe I want to do this in college. Yeah, I mean, I I started gymnastics when I was two years old at a uh, mommy and me class with my dad on Saturday <laughs> mornings. 
Um, but yeah, I was just a crazy child. I would always jump on the couch. And so my, I think my grandpa was a old gym teacher, gymnastics coach type of thing mm -hmm. for the high school where they lived at. So I kind of got it in that way at Nittany Gymnastics. And I just, I loved being, uh, like active and I always wanted to be outside and I just grew to love it even more after I gained more skills and won more competitions and my teammates around me really helped me love the sport I was doing. So if you could tell the listeners out there a little bit, what did you exactly do in gymnastics? Because I know that there's several different you know events or categories that go into that. So what was your main skill or category that you did in gymnastics? Yeah, so growing up, everyone, except for maybe a few people here and there, compete and train all six events. Um, you don't really go to specialization until you get to college or like those higher like mm -hmm. national team ranks. Um, so I, I did all six. My best were probably floor vault and maybe high bar sometimes, but I was, I did not like the rings or the palm horse <laughs> that definitely set me back a while. But. Yeah. I heard that palm horse is really tough on your wrist. It's the one where like you spin around with your legs or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, you said your best category right now, when you came to Penn state, the coaches were like, all right, this is what we're putting you in. What would that be for you? Yeah. Uh, when they, so they projected the recruiting class coming in was not strong on floor and vault, which were my two best events that I would have been competing here at Penn state. So they really found a loophole to that of getting me here early and fast-tracking my recruiting <laughs> process yeah. here. So I think, I mean, I don't regret anything I did, but... Yeah. yeah. So what, what is the vault, basically, in floor? If you could just explain to the listeners okay. out there. Is that so the tumbling aspect? Floor, floor is the tumbling. It's the big square floor. It's called floor exercise, technically. But... Okay. Um, yeah, it depends. It's different between guys and girls. Okay. A little basics behind gymnastics. So you have you have 10 skills that you have to compete. And each skill is graded from A to, I think it gets to G now on difficulty. So A is worth one-tenth of a point. And okay. you add up all those... And you get that to create your start value. And then the judges take deductions from how well you perform your routine. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. So scoring points. Yes. Yes, scoring yeah. points like every other sport, right? Yeah. So let's go into a little bit deeper now. So gymnastics career was going great when you were in high school and everything. Now let's start to go into, I understand that injuries kind of plagued yeah. your gymnastics yeah. career. Could you tell the listeners out there a little bit about that history, when your first injury was, and how yeah. that really, you know, affected you going into this higher level of sport? Yeah, I think the first major injury I had dealing with a broken bone in my ankle that had, I guess, chipped off. I think I was in eighth or ninth grade when I had okay. my first surgery. It chipped off. It had been floating around. It bothered me the entire season. So, but that was a pretty minor surgery. I had just had that taken out. Um, and then my second major injury 
was a labral tear in my shoulder. I had a slap tear from actually doing the rings. Okay. I was doing an iron cross. You don't like you don't like the rings. <laughs> no. I was doing an iron cross and my shoulder kind of slipped out of its socket and sliced my labrum. But somehow I still competed at that meet and did fine. Um, Overcome the pain. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, all the yeah. adrenaline's running through. Like, oh, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> because my shoulders usually just go out and come back in, so yeah. I didn't really think of any anything. But it was way worse than you thought it was. Yeah. at the time. And so I stayed pretty healthy. I think I had shoulder surgery going into my junior year, the summer before my junior year. Of high school, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's where I started to hit my peak in gymnastics right before that shoulder surgery. So just learning how to come back from that and learning the therapy process makes it easier every time. Um, and the, I think it was early November, right before I was about to enroll in Penn State. So after I had committed or anything, mm-hmm. I had actually torn my meniscus in practice. Um, I had I was doing a leg circuit and I went to stand up and my knee locked and I couldn't straighten it all the way. It didn't hurt, but I just felt it and I something knew, wasn't yeah, right when something you pulled I, up. Yeah. I could only bend my leg or straighten it so far. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and uh actually I had the team doctor at Mount Indy for the gymnastics team. His name's Doctor Bader. Really good, recommend him. Shout out, shout out, Dr. Bader. <laughs> shout out, Doug Bader. But, yeah, he was, he was very knowledgeable. He was a gymnast at Temple, so he knew kind of the injury process and how the training works. But, um, yeah. Is that pretty much all the, the injuries that you sustained or just... No. Oh. That was only before college. But wait, there's more. I had... So, <laughs> so later in that November, I had... I had my first knee surgery, so they tried to repair um, my meniscus because as a gymnast, there's lots of pounding, and your meniscus is there to kind of absorb shock a little bit in your knee. Yeah. So if you don't have that, it's just bone on bone. And as a gymnast, there's a lot of force coming down on that, especially as a floor and vault specialist like myself. So it was very important to try to repair that because there's not a lot of blood flow, and without blood flow, you can't. It won't go back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that I was out for. I came to school on a scooter. I was on one of those go kart things. Oh, so you were you were styling when you came? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had full leg brace, leg like locked straight for months. It was it was not fun, and it was. I think it was hard to feel like I was a part of the team when I wasn't training with them and yeah. all I could do was a little bit of therapy for a few months um but later that the next year so I guess summer of 2018 I was on my way back to training again and I kind of felt the same pain and the same clicking in my knee it didn't lock up yet so I went and got an M- another MRI and it had retorn in a different spot in the same knee. So the doctor uh, decided that it was not repairable. So he just cut it out mm-hmm. and told me I had to deal with the arthritis later on. 
And, but that's a pretty simple surgery. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a few weeks out. Like, you, you can walk out of the surgery center after having that surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, I went to the beach probably two weeks after. And I started feeling pain in my Achilles, but it was normal. I guess not normal, but I didn't really think anything of it yeah. because I'm, I'm not used to tumbling. I'm not used to that load that I'm mm-hmm. usually training at. And coming back from that surgery, and I, I got back, and it was it was my first day back tumbling on the actual floor. And I guess this is August of 2019. No, 18. I was doing a tumbling pass. It was my last pass of the day, and I, I tore my Achilles. And that's kind of where everything set in, like, oh, like, this is my career. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I can come back from another injury. And that's, that's where, like, the mental part of it started to come in. Yeah, so let's go, let's, a great um, intro into our next topic. So what was the mental state? I mean, through, like, the first couple, understandable that, you know, oh, I can get back from this. This is, this is nothing. Like, you have the first one, second one, I can do that again. So what about the mental point through through it all? What was the ups and downs like through that? Yeah, I, me personally, I am a very optimistic person. I don't really get down on myself too often. I always think that there are ways to be better and get better. So my, my thought process through all the therapy was that the more I do, the faster I get back, the better I'll be. And now after coming back too fast sometimes that it can lead to other injuries that aren't quite ready for that force that you put on it. And I guess I came back too fast and couldn't handle it. Yeah, and but. I mean, as an athlete in general, like, I, I mean, I can relate to this too. So when you when you hurt something, you obviously want to go back and play. Whatever, whatever sport yeah. you're doing, you're trying to get back on, you know, in Jared's case, gymnastics, he's trying to get back on the, on the floor. And with the, with the whole mental factor in that is that it's something that's very overlooked when you're coming back from an injury. You know, you yeah. can tell your body that yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go back. But sometimes, you know, even if you're driving yourself to go a little bit too hard, your body's not going to be able to catch up to what, you know, it can actually, what your mind is, yeah. what your mind wants it to do. So let's, let's go into a little bit. How, how did all this, you know, when you finally... You know the t- the Achilles tears. You know what's the what's the thought gr- going through your mind at that moment? That was right after I tore it. I sat up, and I just started crying. I I kind of knew how long it would take, how mm-hmm. bad the surgery is, how tough it is to come back from an Achilles injury as a gymnast. So. I that was the first time I cried and I'm not a crier. I, I yeah. I'm not a very emotional person. Um but I I cried. I I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a hard long road ahead of me. Um and a lot of people tried to console me, but I just kind of felt embarrassed. Like I I just kind of useless at Penn State. I'm I'm not doing anything to help the team other than encourage them using my voice yeah. but I'm not training I'm not being at the best that I can be so mentally when that happens obviously that 
you know, your body's in pieces, but how, how are we up in the mental state after that happens? I understand that you cry, but what about, you know, let's, let's go like a week after, you know, yeah. you're starting to like, I have to get surgery again. Like I, I can't do what I've been loving to do for this long in my life. What was the mental state like that at that point? Um, by then I was pretty content with going through another therapy process. I was ready for the challenge. Um, my athletic trainer at the time, Allie, she's great. Um, she was probably one of my best friends in the gym. I, I talked to her a lot about everything, and she helped me mentally and physically on how to take it easy and be smart at different phases during the therapy process. Um, yeah. So when you're going through, what was the low, like the lowest point in this whole injury process? What was that feeling like that, you know, I talk about the master path a lot on the show and what did you feel like the bottom of the trench was for you? Um, realizing coming back after my Achilles surgery. So after therapy, when I was trying to get back into gymnastics, mm -hmm. trying to get stronger, and it was just so hard that I, I had these expectations for myself and how I once was at my peak, probably middle high school, late high school, where I was like, wow, I'm worse than I am now than I was, what, three, four years mm -hmm. ago. It's, it's demoralizing. It's embarrassing that you're recruited here to be that type of person, but now you're down here at the bottom. Did you feel that as if you were failing yourself more than the team as well at that point um a little bit of both I think I failed my community like center elite they had a lot of my gym center elite they I don't know I feel like a lot of people looked up to me not to be like you know yeah egotistical or something like yeah. that but but I had a lot of younger people that I was very close to that were like oh, he's doing college gymnastics, like, I want to be like him kind of thing. And I just felt like I was letting a lot of people down, my family, my gym, myself, my friends. And when you go to this this state in the mind where, you know, everything's just unhappy, nothing's, nothing's going right, it's something that you can tell yourself that you're okay and you're really not. I'm sure that there was people out there that were trying to help you, trying to motivate yeah. you, and that... It's like it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because you do realize that someone's trying to help you. But at the end of the day, and what I talk about a lot is that it's, it's really up to you yeah. to make the decision to come out of this trench. So let's, let's go into a little bit, you know, was there anyone that really helped you to get back? Not, not physically, but mentally capable to, you know, at least go out and try again, try and just live your life, be happy and, you know, Put it in the past. Don't regret it. Just, as I like to say, keep on keeping on. Yeah, keep on keeping on. Buy my merch. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my athletic trainer, she, she helped me a lot mentally, if not more mentally, than she did physically. I, I think she was there for me. We talked. She was one of the only people that understood what I was going through. At, like from a knowledge standpoint and that could kind of ease my mind my anxiety of when can I do this when can I do this kind of thing but I think it was 
mainly in my head just telling myself that it's, it's not over till it's over. So for all the people out there that have sustained an injury or some sort, could you just tell them a little bit about what, what really helped you to get back to the right mindset? What helped you get out of that trench? Yeah, I think it's just my motivation. Uh, you put your mind to these goals and you don't let anything stop you no matter how big or small that is. And if you put your mind something mind to something, you can always achieve that or at least attempt you have an opportunity. And the point that. that and the point that you made right there is that it's up it's up to you. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you know, people I've seen many people have these horrific injuries and they're just they just give up and it's just it's not that they're not mentally it is pretty much that they're not mentally strong enough to cope with the facts but once like you were saying that you figured out that I'm I'm given this situation what am I going to do about it and that's what guys that's what life is about you're if you're dealt the cards figure out how to make something out of them like Jared over here, I mean, all these injuries, they happen, especially in is gymnastics a sport with like a high injury yes, rate as well. Yes. And I'm sure that other gymnasts have gone through similar things like mm-hmm. you. And, and the point that I'm, I'm trying to make here is that you know, no, matter, no matter the cards that you're dealt, if you can figure it out, Jared, how was the figuring out factor for you? You know, just not only physically, but mentally. How would you say that the figuring out process went for you? I think it was just for my love of being active. I, I wanted to do everything in my power to be able to go outside and shoot some hoops, throw the basketball or baseball, not basketball, <laughs> but throw the football with my friends, just yeah. being outside, going hiking, doing all these things. I, I never played video games growing up. I just didn't enjoy them. I didn't find them fun. So my my source of happiness was going outside, even if I was alone, just throwing a tennis ball on the wall of my house and yeah. just playing catch with myself, like just keeping myself busy. And that's a that's another thing with the whole mental, like the mental aspect. You know, these I talked about with my my friend Danny on the last episode that when you're alone in a given situation, you know, in quarantine, we'll make that example. That you have a lot, you have way too much time to think. And when you start to think a lot, the human brain puts you in some weird spaces. And through your injury process, I feel as if that you're telling you're telling me that, you know, there wasn't a lot of loneliness. You know, there was always someone to try and pick you back up. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely there's a lot of great guys on that varsity gymnastics team that will probably be my some of my best friends for the rest of my life. They, I live with them. I spend most of my days with them. And being close to home is also very, very helpful in just kind of getting out of my brain and kind of relaxing, kind of like Bendy said on his episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to go home and relax and get in a different scenario, just leaving for a little bit, definitely helps your brain. Just changing, just changing up the perspective a little yeah. bit. I feel like everyone needs that. In their life, you know, if you're if you're having a bad day, you're really busy, you're all stressed out. Maybe try and do something else, like mm-hmm. go out for a walk, do something that you you know, maybe that you wouldn't think of doing before. But realizing that now that 
this is something that is peaceful. I'm by myself. It's almost like, I like to think of that as meditation, as if your life is in a little bit of limbo. Like, I let's take this example. When you're driving to, like, a gymnastics competition, you're flying somewhere, you know, what's what's the thing going through your mind? You're thinking about the competition and stuff, right? Yeah, I, I do mental routines constantly on my ride there. It's just getting my mind out of nervousness and turn it into confidence. And that's the thing. If you could apply that to what else you're doing in life, I mean, that kind of helps you out a lot. You know, if you're having a busy day, everyone gets stressed out. It happens to everyone. We're all human at the end of the day. Everyone has their ups. Everyone has their downs. If you can figure out how to ease the the downs and keep pushing through the ups, then that's really what helps you become, you know, more fulfilled with the life. And I want to, I want to, Jump, take a step back. I just want to talk about, Jerry. how did, you know, what did all this adversity that you experienced really teach you at the end of the day? It taught me to, one, listen to my body because I know my body better than anyone else. I've mm-hmm. known what my body feels like in different situations that I can almost make a better decision than some sort of trainer or doctor because I've felt these things and gone through them before. But I've also just learned to not take, like not make something, some, something that may seem so big at the time, but in the span of like a long term, that's not that big and not make it, make it such a big deal. And it might not make sense, but. And well, no, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And what I want to go into is that what did you learn in the mental, the mental aspect? Besides, you know, obviously the fact that, you know, you got to listen to your body. That's something that a lot of athletes, you know, don't really do. They'll just go right back into it. Obviously, you've, you know, figured that out for yourself. What about up here in the mental aspect? What did you think that this whole experience with all these injuries has taught you? It's taught me to not take life so seriously. It's sports isn't your life it's only a part of your life and you it's it's not over till it's over and I think that was my mindset throughout my entire career that you know you know as the as many announcers call it it's not over till the fat lady sings and that's what I think more people need to realize that you know at at the end of the day, you're, you're still an athlete now, and we'll go into that a little bit later, but the fact that you were able to just get up and, and do it again is, is amazing to at least me, I hope to some of the listeners out there as well, that you know, every, like you, can, you can go down and not come up, and, a lot of, and that happens to a lot of athletes. Yeah. They'll go through some kind of dilemma, and it'll just plague their career, it'll plague them for the rest of their life because they realize that you know you. They, they couldn't do anything more. They loved the sport forever, and now that they they can't, you know, do that, it, it just hinders their whole mental state. It hinders their whole, you know, aspect of, you know, just looking at life and appreciating what we, what you have. And, Jared, a little bit of something what I want to go into now is what did, you know, all these injuries and things, what did it inspire you to do next? Realizing that, you know, maybe, all right, gymnastics, um, it's taken away, I'm not gonna be able to go back to that. What was the next step in you know the your life story? Yeah, I mean, with 
all the injuries I've had and the experiences I've had with the therapy process, it really wanted me to become a physical therapist myself and help athletes go through what I've been through in my own life. And I didn't really plan on trying another sport. I tried to focus on school for a little bit and until our friend Lily wanted me to try out for the cheer team. What was it? Last yeah, year? Last year, like I guess this right year? before COVID. Yeah, right yeah, before, this right year, before oh, spring break. Crap. Yeah, right before like spring workout. break. And I was very, very hesitant on going just because of that stigma. I, I don't know anything about cheer. Like, how can I join the cheer team? Mm-hmm. I'm not one big, huge guy. I'm 5'8". Like, I'm... Six foot in terms. I've never lifted <laughs> before. <laughs> but the fact that, you know, that, do you think if you... All these injuries didn't happen, and you say gymnastics just wasn't going right in general. Would you have been able mentally to cope with, you know, trying something new, getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone? Probably not. Um, I've I've met a lot of new people because of my injuries that have helped me get to where I am today, and I think I'm not mad that I've ever been injured. I think it's now a positive thing in my life that I've learned from and can now teach others and help others get through pain mentally to be able to push through that and be happier. And I, I, and I love what you're what you're saying right now is that another point I I remember you saying is that there was no regret. There yeah. was no regret to all these injuries. It wasn't this what was me feeling. It was you know, I it happens shit happens in life and there's two roads that you can take with that as i as i always say you can just keep on keeping on or you can go down into a ditch Jarrett was had the power had the courageousness to really get out of the trench keep pushing yourself even though that sometimes you might feel that you can't i'm sure there's times where you feel like you couldn't but you know who's there your dad your mom, someone who's yeah. one of your friends, and I'm sure that that happened a lot to you. With you know, you room with you roomed with your one of your former gymnastics friends as well, and just the fact of having someone that can understand the the littlest thing, just something about you, just need someone to talk to. At the end of the day, and let let's go into a little bit that you know at at the end of the day. Gymnastics is, I don't want to say over for you because, you know, maybe things happen in life where it will bring you back to the store. Maybe you become a coach or something along that lines. But the fact that it's over, I'll put that in quotes, is there anything that you wish would have happened differently with your career? I wish I would have been healthy enough to be able to compete. I I had this dream since 2007 when Penn State won the NCAA championships here in Rec Hall. That, that was the day where I knew that I wanted to compete on the same floor that they did. And I just wish I had been given that opportunity. I wish I had been healthy enough, strong enough, good enough to be at the point where 
I can make that five-man lineup. And now looking back on this today, do you feel as if you're sad about not being able to get that opportunity? No. I. It doesn't even matter to me now. I, I, I feel as if that you get brought things that you don't realize. And, yeah. you know, I, I know we were talking about cheerleading a little bit and the fact that, you know, some things that happen are for a reason. I don't want to say that all I the agree. I want to say I don't want to say that all these injuries happened to you for you know the reason of joining the cheer team. But another aspect is that you just said that you, you know now I want to become a physical therapist. Now Jarrett wants to help other people. Yeah. And before you know, would you even have that thought crossed your mind at all before all these injuries? No, I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I started getting injured and was interested in the physical therapy process. And that let's go let's go into something a little bit deeper. So I understand that recently during the summer that your girlfriend got yeah. in a pretty bad car accident. Could you just tell the listeners out there a little bit about what happened for that? Yeah. Um it was late May. Uh my girlfriend Chloe and her twin and one of her older sisters were in a we're going on a trip to see their grandma for the weekend. And on their way there, I don't know how it happened, but they got clipped by an 18-wheeler, got pushed into the, the guardrail. Is that, yeah, the guardrail. And came back under the middle of the truck, and one of the wheels was probably five inches, six inches from Chloe's head. So, and she was life-flighted to Altoona. Um, she was knocked out. She had a collapsed lung, broken femur. Um, she, uh, the doctors had never seen anyone in such bad condition survive for so long without their lungs. Obviously, that's something, it's very tragic, and it's something that's very unexpected mm-hmm. in in life, and sometimes, you know, things like that happen that you can't, you couldn't do anything about, and I'm sure that if you had the opportunity, you would have done everything you can, because that's your girlfriend. At the yeah, end of the day, no you doubt. love her, and things like that, and, and the point that I want to make now is that, so, after all the injuries... After everything that's happened, Corona's hitting, everyone's in quarantine, adversity hits again. Mm-hmm. What's the mental state for you at this point? The night of it, I was scared. I, her family didn't even know what was going on. They had life-flighted her to Pittsburgh like without any of her family members knowing. So she was in the hospital alone. And because of COVID, there was only one one parent allowed in the hospital at a time. And she was in a coma for probably a week or two, I think. So that was very hard for me because I didn't really know. No one really knew what was going to happen. It was scary. And I had never felt that before. It was it was scary. I didn't want to lose my best friend. Um, 
it's even hard to talk to talk about right now but because I haven't really talked about it before it, it's something that you know at there's a point where every human being you know I talk about you know you gotta worry about yourself first and that but there's there's a point where you feel this connection to someone obviously this is with your girlfriend you sometimes you will have it with your family because that's why I put that in the same category mm-hmm. and and the point that I want to make is that you know it, you feel for someone else you feel that pain and it's not you know you obviously it's not physical but it's it's the mental it's mental capabilities there's a lot of thoughts that obviously went through your head at that point at that point you know the the fear of the unknown is yeah. is what that pretty much is that there's nothing that you can do you just have to wait and it's like you couldn't even go see her am i right with that yeah i couldn't really even talk to her for a while cuz she had a ventilator down her throat so she couldn't even talk she could barely communicate so my i would facetime her mom her dad her whoever's in the hospital with her and just her hearing my voice made it made her happier i i remember one time the first time she heard my voice she reached her arms up and she was kind of tied down to the bed and she couldn't really do anything so she was kind of like this and just went like like made the heart motion and that i've i cried i i i don't cry like that's it i don't know it's just Life is so much more than what you think it is. I, 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 Jared, I completely agree with you. I, I'm, I'm moved by, by this story, and I want, I, the reason I wanted Jared to talk about this, even though it's a very difficult topic, that, you know, take, take this for what, for what it is. You know, things happen. This was the most unexpected thing mm-hmm. that Jared was probably thinking about. His girlfriend went to go, what'd you say, see, see your grandma? Yeah. And next thing you know, shit happens. She's in the hospital with a ventilator. And there's two things that you can do in that moment. Either, one, fall, in, fall into the pit. You're depressed. You know, the universe is feeling this negative energy that, you know, you're putting out into it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mentally, you, you just can't even cope with it. And two, you can... You know, think positive. I'm sure that the whole time when it first happened, thoughts are going through your mind, negative thoughts are going through your head. You're thinking worse comes worst case scenario. But what did you feel like after after those thoughts came in? What was your next step? Was it the positive thoughts? My my thoughts after she woke up or right after the accident? Well, let's go into, you know, this two-week limbo that you didn't know. Yeah. What was going through your head during that time? Were you obviously nerves are a factor in it, but you were saying that you know just the sound of your voice, you know, made her feel better. Did that what did that really at the end of the day how powerful was that to you at the end of the day? Super powerful. Um when I initially got the text that she was in an accident, not knowing how bad it was, and that she was being life flooded, I, I kind of just left my house. I called one of our best friends, Lily, 
And I was like, hey, like, can I come pick you up? Like, I need to talk. Like, I need, just need to go for a drive. And I, that never happens. And so I drove around for probably two hours that night, just not knowing what to do, the fear of the unknowns. And I, she was the only one I really talked to about it. I, know, I didn't really talk to my family about it. I, I was just scared, and I don't talk about my emotions well. So it was hard to say what I was feeling in my head. And obviously that no one is prepared for that conversation. No one's yeah. prepared for that mental state that you're, you're falling into. And the point that I want to go into next is that after all this, you're realizing that I need to be strong for someone else yeah. rather than, you know, before with all these injuries someone else is being strong for you. How do you think that helped, you know, all those injuries helped you feel that sense of, I need to do something more. I need to be strong for someone else. How do you think that you were able to do that? I think just through experience, I, with my somewhat knowledge of the medical field, I I knew basically what her injuries were and after I knew that her lungs were healing and her surgeries had been almost done for the most part, all the life-threatening ones, I now turned to that switch where, okay, what can I do to keep her on track, keep her towards her goals, motivate her, do whatever she needs to be done to get better as fast as possible. And the point that I, I want to make now is that, you know, what 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 did obvious what's the state of your girlfriend right now? Obviously, mm -hmm. you said let's let's talk. Let's come out of the trash Happy a little thoughts. bit. Yeah. Happy thoughts. Jer, how is your girlfriend now? She's she's doing really well. She she is now walking. She was in a wheelchair for a while when she got home. She was, she was probably in the hospital for three weeks, three and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so she was bedridden for a while, couldn't move, couldn't even go to the bathroom, couldn't change by herself. Um, and now she, uh, she's walking. She's doing physical therapy. She is now able to squat. She's trying to jog, but I keep yelling at her because it's <laughs> too early. Um, but another another issue from our relationship standpoint is she had her spleen taken out. And what your spleen does is that it kind of fights or helps your immune system. So she has been living at home this entire semester, and I've been on in my apartment on campus. So I haven't seen her since I moved in. And that's pretty hard to not see my girlfriend for a quarter of our relationship, which is like a long distance in the same town. It's mm -hmm. odd. I don't know. But she's doing great. <laughs> and, and, that, and at the end of the day, you know, the universe did its magic. Yeah. And... You know, I, I don't want to say everything's worked out yet because obviously she's not she's not 100% healthy, but things are things are always going in the right direction. You got to climb that mountain. Chloe, if you're listening out there, you got to climb that mountain. 
everything will be keep okay. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on, <laughs> yo. Honestly, at, at, and that's, you know, I, I want people out there to know that you know, no matter what happens in life, that if you have a strong mental state, if you can persevere, if you can, you know, be resilient, you know, everything will work out. It, it doesn't matter where you're at. The situation that you're given does not define who you, who you are at the end of the day. You can make it by yourself. You can do it. You can do it. Anyone out there that is thinking and they're in a bad place, that take it from Jarrett's story. That no matter what the hell happens in life, that you can persevere, that you can do it. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what happens. Jarrett, the kid sitting across from me today, is probably one of the most mentally strong people that I've ever met. People that, ha- that, that things like this happen to can't cope with that. Learn from this guy. I talk about this show as you need to learn from other people. Put your phone down. And listen to what someone else has to say for once. Get off TikTok. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you know, put down TikTok for a little bit, guys. You know, you know when you get that ad scrolling and when you go and, and it's like, oh, you've gone too far. You know, maybe you should take a break, drink some water. That's when you need to start doing right now. But in, in a more serious tone, that wisdom is something that you can't learn from a textbook. All the things that we talked about on the show is things that happen in life. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Jarrett hasn't, before this all happened, Jarrett wasn't experienced in it. Take it from Jarrett. Anyone listening out there that's going through an injury, look at him now. He's doing okay. Everything's going all right. No, there were bumps in the road, obviously, but you can take those bumps and make a Get a good thing out of it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the bumps are gonna bring you down forever. And I wanna I wanna before we uh we go into the quote segment of the show, Jared, I just wanna ask you, through life so far, could you give the listeners out there one piece of advice that you've learned? Don't give up. It's not over. I keep saying it's not over till it's over, and I believe that. There's always something you can do each day, no matter how bad you're feeling. You can always give 100% of what you have that day to push you to your goals. It doesn't matter, you know, if you wake up and you have a bad day, what do you do, Jarrett? Fix it. Make it better. Who's it up to? End of the day? You have the control to do whatever you want to do in life. It doesn't matter what situation you're given, the cards that you're dealt. I've talked about that a lot. And it's the point where you take it into your own hands. Take it, Jarrett took it into his own hands and made something out of it. He has taught people. He's taught his girlfriend. You know, all those injuries that Jarrett went through, he was able to help his girlfriend out through the process that she was going to because he experienced that. He learned from it. If anyone out there out there is going through something like Jarrett, take it for him. He's doing okay. You keep the positive vibes. You keep the energy high. Everything's going to work out. Yeah. Before I end the show, quote segment, I like, as always, I like to end the show with a quote. Jarrett, could you tell the listeners out there the quote that you brought in today? Yeah. So the quote I brought in is a quote from the Bible. 
Um, it's from Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I really started to read more Bible quotes after I tore my Achilles. I was in a tough spot for a while. And I had that pinned up on my wall. And I, I, it's, I'm not going through this alone. I can always push through whatever is going on in my life. And I feel like the point that you've made throughout this whole thing is that it's not over. And that quote kind of, you know, always, do you still read that a lot mm-hmm. as well? No matter what it is, yeah. that take it from him. It's not over until the fat lady sings. <laughs> All right. So, Jarrett, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank Thanks you for, for sharing. Me. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope that you can at least inspire one person out there to, you know, maybe think a little bit differently in a bad time. If you're going through an injury right now, Jarrett, everything is going to be what? Better. Everything's going to be better. It's not the end. You can overcome it. Overcome the adversity. Be the 1% that does it. Why not you guys? Why not you? And Jared, before I turn off the mics, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we go on with our day? Mm, I guess my Instagram. (laughs) It's just my name, Jared Byer. No space. No space. There's an E in that as well. I didn't get that. One T B E Y E R. Yeah. It's okay, guys. If you didn't get that right, I didn't get that right the first time either. (laughs) So, guys, to anyone listening out there, I just want to say don't give up. You can keep going. Have a good rest of your day. And as always, y'all, just keep on keeping on. on. Go buy my merch. Yes.